Hello and welcome to Shut and Unplug. My name is Chris Lopez, and this is episode 61 of the podcast, and I'm joined by friend of the show, Toby Barkwell. What's going on, homie? Oh, you know, breaking stuff in my office. You broke Ethernet ports. The headphones don't work. You broke the headphones. I did not break the headphones. I can you admit broke that my I, spirit. I messed up the, the You Ethernet broke my heart. Thing. I'm sorry. You you broke you broke time and space. What's wrong with you? I mean, it's just been a rough week. I, I was having a great week until this morning. This morning hit me like a ton of bricks. And it wasn't even like I spoiler alert, uh, this podcast is being recorded the day after Halloween. So Halloween was a lot of fun. I um, had a good time. I spent it bouncing around from group to group because I, I just felt obligated to do so. Plus, I mean, there was a point where groups were merged, but it was like five seconds. But, no, nah, I had a great time. Really good time on Halloween. And a lot of great costumes that I saw. I'm trying to think of the best one I saw last night. Oh, Maui. Some dude was Maui at the Bally, and it was so funny because he had the little hook thing. And he was just like, yeah, and everyone was like, Maui. I'm like, yep. I wish I should I should have done something like that. Should have. But, um, Toby, we're just going to hear. We're going to chat it up. I actually have a question for you because I'm really curious. Um, I, I've been thinking about this for a while, and especially after thinking about it for myself, um, I know exactly where I can pinpoint it, but I don't think I've ever asked you this question. If I have, then this whole podcast is pointless. But um, so we're obviously huge nerds in regards to multiple different things. But do you have an inciting event? For you, is there is there something that sticks out to you, where it's like this is where it started, and like this is when I decided that I'm going to jump into this, and it consume in my life. Like example, for me, of course I always watched Spider-Man, the '90s Spider-Man cartoon on Fox, which was great. Justice League the animated series, the Batman films from the '80s and '90s. I loved Spider, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, but I never thought about them having huge impact on my life until I watched the Avengers for the first time in the theater. I vividly remember watching the Avengers and it changed my life because I went home that day and looked up who was the purple guy at the end of the movie. And I read up on the Inhumans, on the, the, the cosmic side of Marvel, and I went berserk. And that summer was crazy. That's how I found AMC Movie Talk. It's how I found... John Campia, the Schmoes Know, that's how I got into Star Wars, The Dark Knight Rises had, was coming out that summer. So that the summer of 2012 was a big summer for me as a person. But do you have that? And if so, what is it? I wouldn't say I have an inciting event, but just growing up, and I've talked about this a million times on different shows um, that we've done at the station, um, Star Wars has been a part of my life since I can remember. I don't remember not having Star Wars as something that I was constantly looking forward to. Even if there wasn't movies coming out in theaters, like I read the books, I read the comics, I played the video games, like Star Wars was always kind of my thing. And I credit a lot of that to my older brother, Nate. My older brother, Nate, is what really kind of got me into, I guess, the nerd world in terms of Star Wars, Marvel, DC, that sort of thing. I remember I was seven years old and my brother had came home after watching Spider-Man 3 in the theater. And obviously, like I was seven years old, I don't think my mom was going to take me to see it but we just sat in the kitchen he told me all about it like everything that had happened like broke it down I could just tell how excited he was to tell me about it and I could just tell that he was you know excited for me to eventually grow up and be absorbed in these things um so yes Star Wars has a lot to do with that 
just I, I I've asked my parents when was the first time I watched any Star Wars, and they say you had to have been at least three or four years old. And so growing up, that was always a part of my life. I always knew Darth Vader was Luke's father. I never had the moment like everyone else where they learned the truth and it was like they're like words off. Yeah, like I didn't have that. I just always knew. And then when the prequels came out, like I watched Attack of the Clones in theaters. I watched Revenge of the Sith in theaters. So like I had that experience. And I think when Revenge of the Sith came out, I was eight or nine. And I think if I had to credit a movie to do that for me and to shoot me into this, you know, fandom that I have now, I would probably credit that movie because once I watched it and I was just, it blew my mind. And I just, at that point, became super obsessed with the lore. And like I said, I started reading the books, the comic books, playing the video games. And then that sprouted off into other things like, you know, Marvel. And at that time, it was like the Fantastic Four movies and the, the Sam Raimi Story Spider-Man Fantastic movies. Fours, yeah. um, I was really into... Um, the the first Hulk movie, the Eric um, Banner one. Eric Banner one. I was really that one of that. us was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as a kid though, you don't know like the ins and outs. No, the of Hulk movies. dog scared me. Yeah, like y- the Hulk as a character scared me. Really? Like legitimately, yeah. Huh. So it's not like not like the quality of the film was bad, even though in hindsight it is bad. But I I was terrified at that idea. The Hulk and to the, like when I watch Avengers, like when I mentioned the Avengers a second ago, when we first saw the Hulk in that movie, I was scared. And I was 14, 13, 14 years old. So it was like, it was that was just for me, though. And I guarantee it's different for everybody else. See, you being scared doesn't surprise me because you're scared of just about everything. I am, yes. But as a kid watching that movie, like, I loved it. And I watched it over and over and over again. Um, yeah, so, like I said, Star Wars. Um, what about was, Star Wars? What about Star Wars? That is a you keep, great you, question. You talk you talk about Star Wars all the time. You're so you're you're going to Galaxy's Edge in December, and I'm so excited for you to jump back on this podcast and and talk about it as if I was there with you. But I I want to know what about Star Wars exactly? Because you're way more into Star Wars than I am. Yeah. And I just want to know what what about it resonates with you. It's just something about being a kid and watching. You know, it's it. It's so hard to explain because I think people who grew we're gonna up, we're gonna make it work. We're people who grew up in the '70s, I think, have a better answer because it was a completely different time when the original uh, Star Wars came out in 1977. And like I said, I can't even tell you the first time I was exposed to it because I had been exposed to it my entire life. And the earliest memory I have of Star Wars is watching Revenge of the Sith in the theater, and. And again, I know I know it sounds weird, but like subconsciously, when I watched Revenge of the Sith, I knew that Anakin was going to turn into Darth Vader. I knew that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Like I knew all of these things. I can't I can't explain how, but I do. And I think it's just the sense of adventure. Lightsabers are really cool to watch uh, people battle with them. Um, the politics of it all. I know a lot of people complain about the politics and the prequels, but even as a kid, I was really interested in the separatist versus you know the clone army uh war that went on during attack of the clones or revenge of the sith i was really into it and i enjoyed it and then obviously we had that long gap of you know time where we didn't think we'd ever get a star wars movie again and we were all content with that i was still reading the books playing the video games at that time lucas arts was putting out some bangers like battlefront battlefront 2 force unleashed um racer revenge like all those games and i was just just absorbing it all in and then in 2012 i remember I was, I think, in eighth grade or a freshman in high school, and I read on my iPad 
on Yahoo News that the official deal that Disney had bought Lucasfilm and that we were getting new Star Wars movies. And I remember immediately like texting my brother Nate and being like, yo, like this is crazy. Like, and we already started talking about what we thought was going to happen. Are they going to pull from the books? Like all this crazy stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that time was, was really interesting. Um, before Lucasfilm bought or Disney bought Lucasfilm. And then afterwards where we are now, where we're just getting so much content, we're getting stuff for Disney plus we have what one, two, three, four, almost five movies in, um, it's just, and it's, it won't stop. And I'm glad, like a lot of people were saying, Oh, I'm already getting tired of it. Like, you know, let's do something else. Like, no, like keep bringing it on. Like you mentioned, I'm going to galaxy's edge and it's going to be insane. And I'm going to talk for hours upon hours on, about and it. And I have because, to send you $200 so you can buy me Yeah, yeah, I, I'm going to try to buy you some stuff. But I I know for a fact that stuff is not going to be cheap. And That's so why I'm, I'm sending you $200 for a T-shirt and a pin. <laughs> like a pin if I'm or lucky, like a little pin? A pin. Okay. If I'm lucky. If I'm lucky enough. Because I don't know. You're going to the Florida one. Oh, there's only the one, right? There's there's one there's, in uh, Los Angeles. and there's one So, in yeah, they Florida got the one in California, too. So, yeah. So $200 for a shirt and a pin. I think that's fine. Like I think that that sounds about right, but no, I've always been I've always been curious because you you talk passionately about Star Wars. And on the show this past week, um, you got on your soapbox. Don't say I got on my soapbox. Yes, you. That's exactly what you did. No, you, I just I I, had, I I had thoughts and I expressed those thoughts, Toby, in a respectable manner and in, in, as intellectually as I could. Toby, our breaks are fifteen minutes. You talked for at least ten. You are one to talk. Oh yeah. I should know what standing on a soapbox is like, and that's exactly what you did. There are times where I will have gone through two ideas in my head of things to say, and I never get to them because you keep talking. And I'm glad you went first, because um, like you already said all the all the all the all the stuff that I had agreed with, and uh, Jacob was was just there mesmerized at the things you were saying. But no, like you got up on your soapbox and you were just going crazy talking about. Lucasfilm and how they're running things now and Kathleen Kennedy and how bad she is and all this fun stuff. I don't even think Kathleen Kennedy's bad. Let me, just... let me rephrase. How how she's mishandling Lucasfilm. Mishandling is a much better word because she has knocked it out of the park three times. If you look at Force Awakens, Rogue One, and Last Jedi. Depending all those on who movies, you ask. In terms of how much money they made, she knocked them out of the park. Oh, sure. They made billions of dollars. All three of them did. Solo, was I don't even put all the blame on Solo on her. I mean, yes, she's the one that greenlit the movie to go forward, but I just don't think people were interested in that movie to begin with. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other thing. We, we t- talked at nauseum about that. But to kind of summarize what I've been trying to say, is Star Wars really kick-started my love of adventure movies and movies in general and television shows. Um, and then once I matured and got older, I put a lot. Of, I give a lot of credit to my other older brother, Damon. My older brother, Damon, is what got me into like the Oscar movies, like the stuff that I never would have thought I would have been interested to when I was in when, when I was in junior high. And I remember he would take me to school uh, my freshman year, his senior year, and we would talk about music, and he would talk about all these movies that he loved. And I would go home and I would watch them, and then we would talk about them. And it was like a really cool thing that you know we kind of did. And then that just evolved over time until I got into college. I met you and some other people, and once again that conversation was started because I can't have those conversations at home much anymore because you know the brothers are out of the house, they're doing their own things. Sure. But I can come to school and have these conversations like we're having right now. Like the the idea of you loving adventure films because of Star Wars. What came after that then? 
Is there something else? Indiana Jones for sure. Yeah, so you and just I credit in house. that. I credit that my on my dad. Like I, there are a lot of people in my life who have given me the interests that I have. I credit a lot of my brothers for that. My dad as well. Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, by far come from my dad. We used to watch Lord of the Rings every single weekend. I would go to my dad's every weekend from the time I was ten years old until the time I was eighteen years old. I went to my dad's every weekend, and I would say ninety percent of the time we were watching a Lord of the Rings movie on either a Friday or a Saturday night because those were his favorites and it got to the point where like we have the movies memorized at this point like every single scene almost every line like we quote them all the time um and they're just really easy movies to watch I know it sounds weird because they're all really long but if you're invested as much time into Lord of the Rings as I have like I can throw it on and just like it could be right in the middle and I can tell you everything that has happened up until that point scene by scene um, and then Indiana Jones too. Indiana Jones was something that was introduced later in life. I didn't watch Raiders of the Lost Ark until I was like 13 or 14 okay. or something. Um, and at that time, like I was already starting to mature. And so the, the stuff I'm seeing in the movie is like, it's already registering with me a lot. Some of the adult themes and, and stuff. Um, but yeah, Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings, um, the Pirates movies, those were some of them too. Um, those were the ones that my dad kind of showed me, and once again, it just kind of evolved from there. Hard cut. We we had an interruption, but we're good now. Everything's fine. Everything's good. So, Toby, you're you're talking to me about your your father and your brother Damon, and that's how they got you into the whole the different parts of your of really your big like hobbies, right? Yeah, yeah. Everything that it, I count as you know something I'm interested in, whether that be movies, sports you know, stuff in the nerd world, comic books, um, that sort of thing. I credit all of, not all my siblings, but most of my siblings and my father for. My brother, definitely my music has came from my brother Damon because, like I said, he took me to school in the morning. Whatever he listened to is what I was listening to, and that's a lot of what's in my playlist now. Uh, In terms of movies, uh, like I said, I credit my brother Nate. He got me into a lot of the, you know, Marvel, DC stuff that I didn't really know about, you know, at six, seven, eight years old. And then my dad, Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Those were some of the ones that we would watch on rotate. And then all those interests kind of slowly combined. And then you get caught down the rabbit hole and you start to see like, oh, the guy who plays uh, Jack Sparrow, what else is he in? And you start to go and you like, uh, oh, what's a uh, uh, killing or eating Gilbert Grape? Like, I remember watching that, like, almost right after watching Pirates of the Caribbean, because I'm like, oh, that's a really young Jack Sparrow. Like, that's cool. And then you see, oh, who's that little kid? Oh, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, let me go watch Titanic. Yeah. Um, and then, again, just kind of the snowball effect of, you know, finding actors that I like, finding movies that they were in, you know, whether it was out before I was born or afterwards. Um, and then just, you know, absorbing all that I can. And then just the more that I watched, the more that I wanted to watch more. And then, again, it just evolved slowly over time into now I watch just about everything. Like I, I love doing that and finding new actors that I like or movies that I like, like off a whim, you know, or just by searching, I th- or going in blind to something. Like I cannot tell you how many movies I've seen in the last year where I knew nothing about going in, and I'm like, yo, this is great, and I love this, I love this actor, I love this director, I love whatever, and it, it makes it makes me feel better, and it widens my, my taste in film. Because, like, I'm in the same boat. Like, action-adventure is my favorite genre. Like, I love the thrill I get from watching an, act- from watching an action-adventure movie. Um, I share the sentiment with Indiana Jones. Like, Indiana Jones made me feel, like, that sense of adventure. Like, I loved that. And I still do to this day. And, like, I, the last time I felt the way about 
like just going in blind to a movie was Pretty Woman. Like I knew nothing about Pretty Woman in the slightest. I had never seen a movie that had Richard Gere or Julia Julia Roberts in it. And I'm like, okay, like let me just let me go into this. And I wept like a child. Like I was I loved this movie. Like and I wouldn't have known that if I just didn't go out and try it and go and, and try to see this thing. So one hundred percent. Um I I feel the same about like I get my sense of film from my mom in a way because it wasn't really her watching Indiana Jones it was her like hey Chris watch this I think you'll like it and I remember just popping on I think it was Spike Spike doesn't even exist anymore but well now the Paramount Network I think it's called and like Temple of Doom would be on and I'd be like what is this and that would scare me too and it's just it would be It'd be it'd just be eye opening. It's like who who's that guy? It's Harrison Ford, and I think that's why I love Harrison Ford now. Even though I haven't seen too many of his films outside of his bigger ones, like not not the Air Force Ones or the Star Wars or the Indies or whatever. Like I I just love Harrison Ford because Indiana Indiana Jones to me was like that first superhero type character, like where it was this larger than life character who was rooted in reality and. He had a day job and he had his other job. When he wasn't a college professor, he was searching the world looking for artifacts. And I think that's why I love history so much because it's so interesting to me. I almost minored or double majored in history while we're here at state. And I I would 100% credit Indiana Jones to that. I didn't because it had me require, it had me stay another semester. And I'm like, <laughs> no. But I it was a thought at a point. Like, I, I love Indiana Jones, like, and it's it's a great, great series of films to the point where, like, I know I, we've we've babbled about the fifth one, right? Indy Five. What's Indy Five gonna, like, what's that gonna do? And I, I still think about it to this day. I'll be in the car by myself, and I'll be like, why haven't they done Atlantis yet? Like, I like why why haven't they just gone like gone somewhere? They did Aliens. Aliens is the farthest you could go. Everything else now it's realistic and it's within reason, and they should like. But Disney Plus, they should make a TV series, a limited series, or they can do, um, they can treat indie like Bond. And I know we're really straying away from what I initially asked you, but I, I, I share that love for Indiana Jones, and I, I'm, it upsets me that Lucasfilm just, they don't know what they're necessarily doing right now with indie, and there's so many scripts that keep getting rewritten and rewritten and rewritten, and I'm, I'm just, I, it upsets me, knowing that I have a good story. Oh, well, I think I have a good story. And it just won't happen at Lucasfilm. It's very disappointing because, like, we both love Indiana Jones a lot. Yes. And I rewatched all of them a month or two ago. I got to rewatch them. Including uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Which is not that bad. And there are parts that I actually really, really enjoy. And I actually watched a YouTube video, which can be, you know, a mistake sometimes. But in this case, it actually made me appreciate the movie a little bit more. What video was it exactly? I think it was Cinema Wins, not Cinema Sins, Cinema Wins. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Cinema Wins. I like Cinema Wins. I like Cinema Sins, and, um, as, as unpopular as that is now. He made a good point about this movie and that the the Indiana Jones movies that came out in the 80s, obviously those movies take place in the 30s. Yes. And what was going on in the 30s that was a really big deal, and that was kind of this religious like Christian movement, and that is reflected in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Obviously, they're looking for the an Ark artifact yeah. that is very much you know, grounded in Christianity. And then 
um, Indiana Jones came with the Crystal Skull takes place in the 50s, in early 60s. What was going on in the late 50s, early 60s that was kind of, um, you know, pulling people out of their homes and thinking, like, what is out there in space? Like, aliens. Like, the alien thing was becoming very popular in the late 50s and the early 60s. You were seeing, you know, those posters going around that, like, we are not alone, and they would have an, uh, a UFO on it. And so what did George Lucas do? with Indiana Jones and the King of the Crystal Skull. He made a movie about aliens. So you see what he was trying to do? He made the topic of his movie about what the topic of conversation was going on during that time. And that's what really opened my eyes to think, oh, duh, that's why he made a movie about aliens. Because to us who are Indiana Jones fans, we just see like, wow, why aliens? Like that's That seems way too science fiction-y for an Indiana Jones movie. But then you start to think like, that was the topic of conversation at that time. So it makes sense for them to be chasing an alien artifact. Um, so that's just one of the, the reasons why I kind of enjoy uh, the movie. Also, a lot of people say that Harrison Ford phonied it in. I don't think so. I don't think he did because he loves that character. I don't think That's he... the one character he likes to return to. Exactly. I don't think that he has it in him to phony that particular character. I've seen him phony things before, but Indiana Jones, there's no way. Um, and I actually love Marion Raven One's return uh, back yep. into that movie. So I enjoy I. it. Um, totally makes sense, in my opinion. It, it really just seeing Indiana Jones do his thing at such an old age, it just it makes me happy to see him, you know, uh, investigating catacombs with his son, even though Shia LaBeouf was kind of miscast in that role. No, don't say kind of. He was miscast. <laughs> he was miscast in that role. Uh, him he was sw- the hot thing at the time. Yes, he and- was coming off Transformers and Disturbia and a couple other things. And him swinging with monkeys, I still don't get what the heck that, that was. That scene is Awful. The, the CGI uh, um, little rodents uh, that were popping out of the sand. Oh, the gophers, the gophers. or the whatever, the, the whatever they were. Yeah, like just little things like that that just drive me crazy. Like if they just the eliminate fridge, when you the, got the fridge, Indiana Jones got nuked and yeah, he survived. The fridge thing was dumb. Just these little itty bitty kind of mistakes that I feel like if they had just eliminated those entirely, and you have a different any actor, any actor doesn't matter, anyone but Shia LaBeouf. And I love Shia LaBeouf, but in that role, no. Anybody else. And they could have made a solid movie. And Steven Spielberg even directed it. And it shows because some of the scenes are really well done. Like, eliminate the him swinging with the monkeys, but the scene where they're fighting after the skull in the forest is awesome. I love how the movie opened as well. Like, where they're at the warehouse, and it's it's legitimately Easter egg galore. And it's, like, it felt like it. It just felt like Indiana Jones, and they throw the hat. It's like, come on. Like, the movie starts with a bang. And then it's a lot of lull in between. Uh, the one, I thought you were going to say this video. It's called uh, Where Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull Succeeds. And it's actually um, a film negative. I don't know if you've ever yes, watched yes, it before. Yes, no. Yeah, Chris Hartwell did it. And I watched it not too long ago. And I'm like, this, this is why I think I love the movie. I love it not only because it's my only theatrical experience with Indiana Jones. I've never seen the other ones on any type of... Um, in any type of theater before i've only watched them at home on bigger theaters or, or big home theaters with screens but it's not the same thing to me i if they ever do a re-release again i would love to go see those movies on the big screen just because i feel like that's how they should be watched especially at the time but kingdom of the crystal skull it had a lot of promise and you're right it was it was a like it was to the time and it was it was something that i just gravitated towards because not only did it remind me so much of the originals, I think it's solely based off the performances. 
Like, not, yes, Ishalavov miscast, sure, but he tries. He definitely tries. Same thing with um, Harrison Ford. Like, Harrison Ford, he is he was an older man now, or then, and he's definitely an older man now. It's the point where my man's crashing planes for recreation. For recreation. But he's he still is Indiana Jones. And I felt that, and you you felt that as the movie as the movie kept going, and even when it got crazy with the alien premise, like it still halfway made sense to me, and it still does. I gotta rewatch it. It's been a few years since I've seen Crystal Skull, but I don't. I hate it when people give it flack or when people say it's bad, because there was a time where I'd be like, oh yeah, it's bad. Uh, but it's just me. That was me just going along with, for the ride. Now I'm like, wait, no, this movie's this movie's not bad at all. I think it has a. It can go the same way with the prequels, the Star Wars prequels, because sure. people who grew up with the Star Wars prequels adore the Star Wars prequels. Yes, they can call out some of the cheesy lines, bad CGI, whatever. There was a lot of good content within. There the was movies. great stuff that you can pick Especially apart from the, the prequels. One. There was so much great lore you can pick apart from the prequels and just try to ignore or at least tolerate some of the bad acting. Um, and some of the lines uh, that were given in those movies. And I think the same can be said about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. We were, what, 11, 12 when that movie the came movie out? The movie came out in 2008. So, yeah, we were about 11, 12 years old. About. And so we watched it as an 11 or 12-year-old, and we're just like, oh, that's Indiana Jones. I remember watching the old movies that my dad showed me. Like, it's the mm-hmm. same guy, and Aliens, and, you know, Shia LaBeouf. Like, this is all crazy and good. And so at the time, I thought it was awesome. I wanted to watch that movie every day. And then when I see it as an adult, I see its flaws, but I also see the really good stuff that you can pick apart and make it an enjoyable film for yourself. Because I feel like if you go into a movie just wanting to be disappointed and you just will wanting— be, You will hate it. And wanting to pick apart the negatives, you're going to not like it. If you go into a movie just as positive as you can and even come out positive, even if you didn't love it, be able to say, like, you know what, I didn't love that part, but I really, really enjoyed what they did there— I think it just makes the movie-going experience better. I recently did that with Gemini Man. Like, I, I heard a lot of the negativity coming from it, and I knew it was bombing at the box office, but I'm like, I want to see this for myself, and I want to make my own opinion. I don't want to just be like, oh, I heard it was bad, because I do that a lot. I, I skip out on movies, and I'm like, oh, I heard it was okay. Like, I heard it was bad. And I, I never recommend bad things. I refuse to recommend bad things to people because I don't want to be that guy that's like, um, Chris said we should watch this, and I didn't like it, or it was bad, whatever. But I went to go see Gemini Man, and although it wasn't the greatest movie, there were still a lot of things I really liked about it. And I went in, like, no expectations, and I'm like, let me just let me just take this. And man, was it beautiful to see in the 3D thingy? Yes. It was great. It was beautiful to watch. It felt like, at points, there were video game cutscenes. And I'm like, That's, which is, which there were the action sequences, which were awesome. And it had a whole character that was completely CGI. I'm like, that's awesome. And I, I went with uh, Lincoln Schlemmer, friend of the show, and he said the same. He said the same thing. We both enjoyed it, but we both agreed that we want to take what Gemini Man did technically and apply it to different things, apply it to other um, movies or TV shows or anything. But uh, Crystal Skull specifically, I, I, I just I love the movie, and. It does feel like Indiana Jones, although the movie's not the greatest, and it is the weakest Indiana Jones film by far. It's it's not as bad as people make it out to be because it still feels like Indy. Like I still remember going to see it in the theater. My mom took me to go see it. She took me and uh, one of my friends when I was um, when I was that age, and I'm like, this movie rocks. Like it, it was so cool, and it makes me wish I was alive. What was it? Seventy nine. Eighty one. Eighty one. Was when Raiders. Came was out. Raiders? Yeah. 
like I, I wish I was I saw it then and just how awesome it was because it still it still kicks ass like it, it's still watching Raiders like it I don't understand why movies aren't made like that still like we're so reliant on CGI and I think that's that's one of the flaws with uh, Crystal Skull like it it took like it was all practical for the most part and I no it was all practical effects even when the dude's face melted like it's crazy to see still that they pull that off in 1980 or 79 when they shot the thing and then in 81 when they released it and especially with Star Wars had coming out four years prior like they set the standard for uh, for effects or practical effects and I mean that's just a testament to Lucasfilm and how awesome they've been but Indy 5 is something that I want to see so bad and I actually had this conversation with Chris Atkins uh, the father of shut-ins and we talked about it on our way to go see Ninja Sex Party because I mentioned it to him that we were talking about it and how we disagreed at they, where they should take the franchise. And we talked about how they shouldn't, like, I I think I've told you, like, I wanted, like, Chris Pratt or something. I've, I've come to change my mind on if they were to do Indy 5. So just to have this on tape, right? Indy 5, I'm telling you this right now. If you've heard this before, Toby, I apologize, but I'm just telling it again. Indy 5, you start the movie with... Indiana Jones' grandkids, they're, they're Mutt's children. Mutt has two kids, a daughter and a son, right? And it's old man Indy, right? And you hear the score, dee, 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 like, you, like you hear that. And um, they're, like, the kids are going through like, things in Indy's, Indy's home. And they ask, start asking questions. Maybe they take his whip off the wall. And he's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh no. And he puts it back. And they're like, but tell us about this. Where'd you get this? Where'd you get this? And he's like, oh, okay, like sit down, let me tell you. And then it's 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 Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones essentially narrating and telling the story of how he got a certain artifact from whatever time period you want to place it. I say you take it back to the 30s and 40s. Like don't, like let's not be old man Indy in the 50s or 60s. Let's head back to where it was the best, where peak Indy happened. And just make it, don't not not an anthology, but almost an anthology, where it's just Indiana Jones and his adventures. Cause he went on a butt ton of adventures. Let's tell those. We've seen the warehouse multiple times, and it's like, yo, like let's. What about that box back there? What's in it, and how do you get it? Like I'm so curious. It doesn't have to be any direct ties to the main line movies. You could have some references, but it don't have to be anything crazy. You can have Marion pop in there as grandma, you know, cause they're still married, and like you recast younger Indy. With, a, with an actor who was around the same age as Harrison Ford when he had shot those. And my pick now is Bradley Cooper. I would love it if Bradley Cooper did something like this. Because I think I see Indiana Jones in Bradley Cooper. And I don't know if Bradley Cooper's down for a franchise. Probably not. but Or not, not a franchise, but just committing time and doing the stunts and everything. But since we've gone so far with stunt work in the last 40 years, like we can definitely... Find a guy that looks relatively like Bradley Cooper to do this crazy fun stuff. Like and just tell just let's tell stories and use Indiana Jones as that vehicle. Cause you already established his world and established his characters, incredible character that's rich of stories and um and a personality. Let's use that. And let's make that Indy five. Don't have Harrison Ford jumping over crevices and doing doing crazy stuff with a bullwhip like I don't want to see that as much as I love Harrison Ford as the character I don't want to see geriatric Indiana Jones I don't and my man's pushing 80 
He doesn't need to be doing this. I know de-aging is incredible these days. I still don't want it. I don't want I don't want glossy Indiana Jones either. Let's just recast the character, but still have Harrison Ford there to tell the story. Like I get it. He might not want that, and maybe that's what's holding this movie back. But for the better of the franchise and to keep these movies going, let's do something in that vein. You can even make that a TV show, one-off adventures, right? An hour piece, nothing too crazy. Like same thing can apply. Maybe you don't get an actor of Bradley Cooper's caliber. But something like that can be a lot of fun. I love how this has turned into Pitcher Indy 5. And I'm completely down for it because I've obviously had a lot of thought just as you have. And I'm in the boat now where if they are going to continue Indiana Jones, to be honest with you, I don't even want them to. Like, just leave it alone because I don't see anybody else they could possibly cast that can be Indiana Jones that's not Harrison Ford. There's just nobody out there. I don't care if they look exactly like him, talk exactly like him. I learned this lesson with Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich was a great Han Solo, sort of, but he wasn't that character that I grew up loving and, you're and right. knowing. It was a great movie. I, I enjoyed the, I it. There's some great things in it, but it just Alden Ehrenreich was not quite there. And he, was he, good, he was still good, though. He was still good, though. But if Alden Ehrenreich can't get right there with Han Solo, I don't think there's anyone out there who can even do a little bit of justice for Indiana Jones. So that's why I'm in the boat of doing an animated show on Disney+. Plus, I think... If they're going to try to cash out on this property that they've had since 2012, have done nothing with, and you know they've had these conversations, and Indy 5, the script, is just not coming together. I bet they talk about Indy every day. And I'm sure they do, and I'm sure Bob Iger um, is, is dying to try to get something off the ground before he gets out of there next year. They've tried. They've written script after script after script. They just can't get it done. If I remember the quote correctly, the current guy who's writing it said, I think we got something good this time. It's just not a good thing to say. If they're like, just then what's now. Been, what's been happening exactly before Exactly right. Like, what have you guys been doing? If they can't get a script together, then that just means, oh, it's just going to be twice as hard to get someone to actually come into that role to play Indiana Jones if it's not Harrison Ford. I don't think Indiana Jones is the type of character to sit down and tell a story to his grandchildren, I just don't think he he doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Like if his kids are going through his stuff in the closet, he's gonna be like, put that back, go play, like whatever. He's not a grumpy old man. I don't see Indiana Jones telling his grandkids a story about how he stole a magic box uh, from the Nazis. I just don't. One scene from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull makes me think the opposite. Makes me think that he would be that grandpa, you know. And it was at the end of the film where him and Marion had gotten married. And Mutt picks up his hat. He he attempts to put it on, and he's like, uh, 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 uh. He grabs it from him and puts it on himself, cause he, cause essentially insinuating that no one else would be Indiana Jones but me, and that just that smirk, that Harrison Ford smirk, right, the sexiest smile alive. He put it on, and I'm like, that's all I need. Like he can be cool, Grandpa, and Indiana Jones, like it can't continue. Granted. If you were to ask me the question, do I want a bad Indiana Jones movie or no Indiana Jones movie, I would say I don't want anything. Don't give me anything. Like I don't want to tarnish the reputation of this character on this franchise because arguably I think we're four for four. Like I, I think we're good with what we got, but if we're getting more, which Lucasfilm is insinuating that we're getting more at some point, like let's t- take the route. I don't want an, an – I think animation, you're really – you're taking it away. Like you're taking that, that spirit away. Um, from the, from what Raiders, 
uh, all the way to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull established. Like keeping it a live action, I, that's at least to me. Maybe I'm just I'm I'm biased, but I love the the fact that they pulled it off in live action, and it make it make makes it real to me. And I know that if I were to show my brother something like that in live action, like a newer version of indie, like I think like he would think it's cool because he sees people doing it in live action. People look just like him, so it would be able to work. In animation, anything's anything's possible. And that's another fear because in animation, you can do anything. You can make it. You can draw. You can create anything. And I want them to go too crazy. You don't have to go too crazy. Like Atlantis, I know I keep going back to Atlantis because I think that's that's the pinnacle of like of mystical stuff to me, and it'd be a lot of fun just for Indy to like go underwater. <laughs> but no, nah, it'd be. I I love the idea of an Indy five with with him telling his grandkids a story, and then again you can end the movie with him like, all right, that's it, we're done, and but they're like, but they're like. Uh, like Grandpa Jones or whatever, whatever they call him, and um, it's like, can we have another one, please, please, please? And then he like he just turns around, smiles, and he's like, it's like, um, maybe next time, or something. See, and then he ends. Number one, I think that's very cheesy, and I yes, don't, it is, I, but I, it works. I don't see Harrison Ford or Indiana Jones wanting to do that, and I think the 2008 movie was the movie, and at that time, the perfect time. To do a reboot, Indiana Jones, you know, final one-off. Did it make money? The sunset, and it did make money, but it's so just, it didn't. It did. I believe it did. Make oh, okay, money. it did. But my point is that they got it wrong. To a lot of people, they got it wrong, and that's the whole reason why they want to do an Indy Five is to just kind of try to redeem themselves. And it's, I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just saying it's just too late. Harrison Ford is almost 80 years old. He cannot. He was old in 2008. That was eleven years ago, almost yeah. twelve years ago, and he was old. I'm then. telling you, my man's my man's pushing eighty. If things are already he eighty years old, he can't do those things anymore. And I know a lot of people are in in your boat. Just have Harrison Ford in his little wheelchair. Like, come on, his kids. Wheelchair. Like, let's have a, let's have a talk. Let me tell you a story. Um, but I just I don't want that. If they're, I'm going- not saying put it in in current times. I don't make it in 2019. Don't set it because he'd be dead. If they do, no, if they're going to reboot the series and they're going to cast somebody else, it will take place in the 30s, just like the OG Indiana Jones did. And I really want them, if they're going to do it episodically, I want um, each episode to be him going after another religious artifact. Because what two Indiana Jones movies are the best? Raiders and Last Crusade. And what is he after in both of those movies? Religious artifacts. It just fits better with that time. I want him to see him fight Nazis because, again, the two best Indiana Jones movies are when he's fighting Nazis. So if each episode is him going after a new artifact, or let's say each season is him going after one specific artifact and he's fighting Nazis, he's falling in love with, you know, the girl, um, he's riding on elephants, he's doing, he's riding on motorcycles, he's doing all the Indiana Jonesy things, I think that would be great. And I just think Indiana Jones just works better as a te- will work better as a television series going into 2020 with this whole Disney Plus thing they're doing because they have to bank on this franchise eventually, and they will. It's just what is the right move. Indy 5 is not the right move. Television is the way to go. Okay, let's meet in the middle. A live-action miniseries on Disney Plus. You get someone that's a name but not the biggest name, and you, you just since they're throwing millions of dollars at these series – 
you can totally do like a six episode Indiana Jones and just tell the story of him getting insert religious artifact here and it'd be great. Another idea I've had is do a war story because you hear in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is that he was a war hero in World War Two. No. Why not? That's not Indiana Jones. It, that's Henry Jones Jr. in a war. Not Indiana Jones. It would be different, man. But that's not Indiana Jones. That's the, that's Henry Jones Jr. being a war hero, which is cool, but that's not Indiana Jones. I think you could see a story of him We could being reference Indiana Jones. We him can be, shoot some stuff. Him the doing Indiana Jones-esque things, but inside of a war. Okay, now that now that's, what, what if, that's like, something I'm not opposed what to. What if the story is that he is sent on a mission that he has to recover something inside enemy lines and he has to take that item back to camp. That's if he and was... so you get the adventure, you get him looking for a specific item. Again, Nazis, him dressing up as a Nazi and doing the fake thing like he's done before. Like there's so many things that they could do if he if you were to put him into a war movie. And again, directed by Steven Spielberg, who Wait. did Saving Private Ryan. So you're like, making it just it, works. And you're making this a movie again. Yes. Okay. If we're gonna do Indy Five and go back in time and it be Harrison Ford, that's what I would no! want. No, Harrison Ford's not Indiana Jones in a movie. I don't want to see him hobbling to something. No, I don't want that. I'm saying if we he could was, go back in time, look that's at the what Force I would Awakens. want. Look at the Force Awakens with Han Solo, right? And saw my man hunched over. Like, and it wasn't the, the Han Solo, like, knees bent hunch. It was, like, hunched over. Like, no. I, and that was good enough. He gave me the Han that we all knew and loved. Like, yes, please. And then he tragically died how he wanted to years ago. But with Indy, I don't want to see that. Just give us somebody else. Give, give us somebody new. I'm down for the war thing. I'm down for Steven Spielberg. I'm down for a movie or a tele- television series. Live action. It has to be live action. I refuse otherwise. But it can't be Harrison Ford. And this is this is coming from somebody that idolizes Indiana and see, Jones. See, I'm glad we're on the same Harrison page Ford. with that. I don't think it can be Harrison Ford either. But if they're going to do TV, they're going to have to recast, and I don't want them to recast. So if they were to do a really well done, a lot of money put into an animated television show, get an actor who sounds exactly like Harrison Ford, get script writers who know the character, it could fit perfectly on Disney Plus with the rest of the catalog that they're going to have. You're right. And you know what? You know what that's going to be? Alden Ehrenreich. And that's how we're going to end this week's show. Unplugged. Thank you so much for listening. Toby, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Okay, now you've pissed me off. I There's really no way Alden Re- Ehrenreich is going to voice Indiana Jones. Check out the main show like every Harrison Wednesday at all. on Z90.7 FM, WZIS. We go live on Facebook, Z90.7 WZIS. I would rather Bradley Cooper Indiana State voice University. Him. And uh, check out the other podcasts on the Podcast Network. We have a bunch of shut-ins unplugged. We have 60 prior episodes. Go ahead and check those out. And we have the Just for Fun podcast and a recently rebooted uh, recently rebooted past the Ox, uh, where we just talked about Jesus is King. I would rather Ryan of, Reynolds voice Indiana the Jones new, than Alden Aaron. Ryan. I don't want no. I don't want him sound like Deadpool. The past Ox we talked about Jesus is King and Kanye's new uh, direction he's taking in his career and his personal life. So go ahead and check that podcast out as well. Um, Alden Aaron Reich is the only guy to really sound like Harrison Ford if it's not Harrison he Ford. He doesn't even sound so like Harrison Ford. So for Toby Barkwell, my name is Chris Lopez. Thank you so much for listening. See you guys next time.